Hi, my name is Wojtek Wojcicki. I'm the C uh, president and CEO of NGX Minerals. Uh, I'm a geologist by training. NGX Minerals is a Lundin Group exploration company focused on Chile and Argentina, and in particular on our flagship Los Alados deposit, which is one of the largest undeveloped copper gold deposits in the world. And then uh, we've also got a significant exploration portfolio around Los Alados. Wojtek, uh, thank you for the introduction. Really nice to meet you. Um, you last did a Crux interview in uh, February of this year. Uh, so much has changed uh, since then. Uh, you've, you've raised some money, you've had some exploration success, um, but there's also been some bad news along the way. First, I mean, not least the the markets have been pretty brutal, but um, perhaps the, the the worst news of all is um, Lucas Lundin. Uh, he died in the summer um, and you must have had a long association with him. Yeah, I have. I, Lucas hired me for the Lundin Group in uh, 2007, uh, you know, and over those years, you know, he was not just a boss, but but became a friend. So it's a, you know, it's a it's a big loss. Um, yeah. You know, we're all going to miss him, but he one of the things that he did was he prepared his sons um, very, very well to to take over. So I don't think the Lundin group is is is, is going to miss a beat. But um, Lucas was, you know, really irreplaceable. I mean, he really was a, a one of a kind person. Yeah. Very, very inspiring man. Um, very I, had inspiring. The privilege, I had the privilege to go on a couple of field trips with him, which were um very entertaining, um, yeah. and and I, I see that the the, the catchphrase for uh, NGX is uh, "No guts, no glory." That's that's one of his phrases, isn't it? Or yeah, it was actually the title of Adolf Lundin, the founder of the Lundin Group's uh, autobiography, and and it was definitely the, the motto that he lived by, and certainly the motto that Lucas lived by. And you know, NGX. I mean, one of the reasons we gave it that name was because you know this is in a lot of ways the classic sort of exploration company that built the Lundin Group. Um, this was exactly the kind of uh, the kind of jurisdiction, the kind of targets that that both Lucas and his dad really liked, and that helped them build the Lending Dean Group into what it is today. Of course, and there's the, the, I've got so many points of contact, and there's there's so much activity by the Lending Group in in that area. Um, but before we get into that, well, let, let, let's start with that because I, I uh, know Lending Gold particularly well because I work in Ecuador. Mm. Um, but when I look at the map of where uh, um, NGX is in in Chile and Argentina. I see that you've got your kind of 30, 130 odd k southeast of Candelaria, and you there is um, well, copy of Poa, and there is the Candelaria mine, which is a Lundin mining um, uh, project. And you've got Jose Maria over the border, uh, which has got Lundin mining in it. You know, there's there, there's a lot of uh, you know, it's it's your neighbourhood, isn't it? That's the, there's a lot of Lundin presence in that corner of the world. Yeah, I mean the um, you know the projects that Lundin Mining, NGX Minerals, and Philo Mining are working on were all projects that grew out of an initial effort by um, by the original NGX Resources, which we started in two thousand eight, and that company, which which I've run since since then, since two thousand eight, made these three discoveries: Jose Maria, Philo del Sol, and Los Alados. So you know there's definitely a long Lundin history in this area, and you know we've split it up into three separate companies but it's uh yeah it all grew out of the same um lending long-term lending effort along the chile argentina border and the the market caps of those companies now i mean philo's got a market capitalization of a couple of billion dollars and and um um ngx 340 um us thereabouts you know that, that that's quite a differential is is, is is that the function that philo had the good success story 
when the market was hot and it's managed to maintain its market capitalization and that the Los Alados story came into uh, the, the the poorer markets of this year. You know, is, is that the differential or is it a grade thing? Well, it's a, you know, I think it's probably probably good to take a little bit of a step back. So, you know, the 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 Philo, Jose Maria, NGX Minerals, the, the whole spin out story is probably one of the best examples of of creation of market value by junior exploration companies uh, in the last 10 years. So, you know, that original NGX resources in 2008, when I first got involved, had a market cap of around $40 million. And as you as you mentioned, um, you know, the three daughter companies of that original NGX resources have mm. generated an amazing amount of value. So led by Philo Mining, you know, with a market cap of yeah just over $2 billion dollars, followed by NGX and then Jose Maria was taken out at a, at a market value of around $650 million. So it, it was an amazing amount of value that was created. And all of that flowed through to the shareholders of that original NGX resources through the spinouts that we did because they were distributions of shares to the existing shareholders. So, you know, the shareholders definitely benefited from that, from that effort. I mean, I think the, you know, the success at, at Philo has definitely driven that market cap. I mean, it was a, a, a combination of, of timing, but I think more than anything, um, you know, it was driven by some pretty outstanding uh, exploration yeah. results. Yeah. And, and Los Salados, I think, I would say is still the value play in the district. Um, you know, I think it was a little bit overshadowed by the results at Philo. It was a little overshadowed by um, Jose Maria being pushed ahead, you know, in a, at a feasibility stage and then taken over yeah. and pushed towards yeah. construction. So, you know, it was a little bit of a, a little bit of an earlier stage story. It sort of got a little bit forgotten about. Um, but, you know, I think we've started to remedy that, uh, you know, a year ago, the market cap of NGX was around 75 or $80 million. So we've, you know, as we've kind of refocused the market's attention on that project, as we delivered some good drill results, NGX has actually been the best performing stock by a significant margin um, among the Lundin Group mining and exploration companies. So, yeah, um, in, 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 in what time frame? Uh, over the last year, actually, pick a, pick a time frame over the last year and, and year to date. It's significantly outperformed all of the companies in the group. Uh, that's, and that's uh, on that's the back of, and that's despite the tough market. And uh, yeah. really, you know, that's that's on the back of, I think, you know, the value play that Los Alados was and continues to be. And then, uh, you know, on the back of some really good exploration results. So um, not, a lot of, not a lot of people know that, you know, Los, um, NGX has actually dramatically outperformed all of our lending group peers. I see that the resource, you know, you've, you've got um, whatever it is, um, two point something billion tons, uh, <clears throat> uh, kind of just under point, uh, well, what is it, point three nine percent copper equivalent. Um, is that uh, right? Point, uh, sorry. Point. Two, it's two billion tons of 0.5 copper equivalent. 0.5 copper equivalent. Sorry, I got that number wrong. That was released in 2019, and yet your share price run was really into the middle of 2021. You know, it was um, you were at 60 cents in uh, late 2019 or early 2020, yeah. and you got up to four dollars. And, and, and uh, yes, there's been a correction, but it's rare to see that value growth post resource. Yeah, and that's and that's really driven by the work that we did in the first half of this year. So, you know, I guess in the first phases of drilling out Los Alados, we focused on getting to the limits of the, or what we thought were the limits of the, um, you know, the the system. Um, you know, you're drilling wide spaced holes and trying to 
define successfully define a couple of billion the envelope resources. yeah and you know that's what that kind of average 0.5 copper equivalent grade reflects and but but what we've done over the last year um, is really focus in on the high grade portions of that system and and what we've successfully been able to do is is refocus the exploration effort around these kind of high grade nuggets within that overall resource and you know we've successfully been able to to expand the potential for that and a lot of that was driven by what we learned geologically at Philo because Los Alados and Philo are the same age deposit, same age. They're both about 15 million years old. They lie along the same major structural trend. And they're basically very, very similar systems. The difference being that Los Alados is more deeply eroded. So we're looking about 700 meters deeper than we are at Philo, but the, the overall structural controls and the overall architecture of the system is very, very similar. So at Philo, we've started to see that that deposit has these high grade centers within it and it is really a, a series of high grade centers and so we started to think well you know being the exact same kind of deposit the same age forming in the same structural environment did we have potential for that same um, phenomenon at Los Alados and it turns turns out that we did you know so we we took those geological ideas earlier this year started to drill test them put out some of the the best drill holes that we've ever had at Los Alados and that's what drove that run from 60 cents to 450 you know obviously in a in a in a more favorable market but you know we've we've been able to preserve that value when a lot of people a lot of our peers haven't over the last six months of tougher markets and uh remind me what the looking at the map what's the distance between the two is it around 15 k's between philo and um yeah it's, a, it's um, around depending on where you kind of put the pin at, at philo it's about 15 or 20 kilometers okay and you've got um potro cliffs in the middle Potro Cliffs uh, is exa exactly in the middle. Sit sits on that same structural trend, is the same age system, um, and that's one of the things that that makes that a super exciting target. And within Los Alados, what do you what did you use as the the vectors towards those high grade shoots? Are you, are you using kind of um, trace element ratios? Uh, is it geophysical? Is it yeah? Um, it's a it's a it's a it's a variety of things, and it's really a combination of. Um, you know, updating our understanding of the geological controls on high-grade mineralization. That was a significant effort late last year and early this year. Um, so we basically were able to pin down um, the highest grade mineralization. And, you know, when you look at these overall bulk resources over billions of tons, it tends to kind of mask, um, you know, it masks some of those high-grade zones. So what we did was we focused in on areas where we were seeing um, better than 1% copper, and then started to look at what controlled, what sort of rocks were we seeing in those areas. And we started to see consistent patterns. And then, you know, we started to look for other areas where we saw those sorts of rocks, maybe into areas where there was less drilling. And then one of the key tools and really what provided the breakthrough in this high-grade exploration at Los Alados was um, revisiting the resistivity data set that we had. So resistivity really? okay. is a... Um, you know, as, a, as you know, as a geophys geophysical technique that measures the ability of a rock to transmit an electrical current. And in a very simple-minded way, the more altered a rock, the more metal there is in it, the better it is at transmitting electricity, the lower the resistivity. And what we noticed is that the existing high-grade mineralization that we had, at higher-grade mineralization that we had at Los Alados, the kind of 0.8 to 1% material, uh, was coincident with resist low resistivity areas. And then we saw that those low resistivity areas extended out into areas that we had previously thought of as 
kind of on the edges or kind of outside the edges of the system. And the drilling that we did in the first half of this year basically tested those two ideas. Areas where we had nearby or you know holes that were a couple hundred meters away that had that distinctive type of breccia mineralization yeah. and the coincident resistivity low. And you know, basically every hole that we drilled into that combination, um, you know, resulted in some some pretty spectacular drill results. And and that's what we're following up now. I understand from from reading, it seemed as if there were different breccia types, some which was high grade, some which are low grade. And, and it was the flanking breccias on the southern side. Uh, which were particularly interesting, and then it was open to the north. Is it- yeah, yeah, and I guess you know they're they're, and, I, and this is one of the one of the ways to look at it. You know, they're they're flanking in the sense that they're on the edge of our current drill pattern. Uh, but I think what we're starting to realize is that the edge of the drill pattern um, is not necessarily the edge of the system, and so. Yeah. You know, these 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 high grade areas that we're seeing called the Phoenix zone and the Alicanto zone that we're seeing kind of out on the edges of the of the of the uh, of the current drill pattern actually have some of the best copper and gold grades that we've that we've hit in the deposit. Um, and that's not typical of being on the edge of the system. And I think what that's made us realize is that maybe we don't you know, we don't fully understand. We haven't fully defined um, the edges of it. And these um, these new high grade zones are, you know, kind of potentially separate high grade centers, separate porphyry centers that, you know, are are, are part of a larger Los Alados system that we haven't fully defined yet. So and, it, was um, a, it was a super exciting um, result from the drilling this year. Two things. One is you talk about um, three holes, which were kind of interrupted by the winter s- season. Yeah. So are you, can you go back into them? I mean, were they case? Yeah, uh, yeah, we have. So I was, I was just down in Chile last week, um, you know, just kind of looking in on the, on the beginning of the program and, you know, just talking with the guys on site about laying out um, this upcoming program. So we, you know, we had, we have, we've just started that. So we re-entered um, one of the holes that we left at the end of last season, uh, successfully got to the bottom of that and are, you know, continuing to drill it. And that's a hole that will, um, test the northern extent of the phoenix zone which is one of those high grade zones that we drilled last year uh and then the second drill is working on a hole that's drilling um towards uh what we hope will be an extension of the alicanto zone which is on the on the northwest edge of the current drill pattern okay and are you um essentially drilling for surface uh, from surface i mean are, are, yeah. are these are some of these uh, deeper zones. I mean, w- will you ever want to kind of drill a mother hole and do directional yes. drilling or do- daughter yeah, yeah. So off that? Was, that? Yes, exactly. So that, that that was one of the things I was down to take a look at. So we are going to be doing directional drilling, and we've got um, a direct the directional drilling team on site, and that's okay. exactly what we're going to do. You know, that'll and that'll save us a substantial number of meters. So for the the listeners that aren't familiar with directional drilling. Um, you know, it's a it's a technique that was originally developed in the oil and gas industry. It's something that's used for some of the horizontal wells that you might have heard of for fracking. Um, but basically, it allows it's a tool that allows you to direct the drill bit in whatever direction you want. And so typically what you do, especially if you're drilling deeper mineralization, um, you put in a pilot hole that goes down to a depth of, you know, whatever. In our case, that might be 500 meters or something like that. Uh, and then you have daughter holes that splay off that. So what you're doing is you're, you're, you're not having to re-drill um, the upper part of the hole every time. And so it, it saves a lot of meters. And this is going to be a really good way for us to define uh, some of these new zones. 
or at least the and, deeper part of, of some of these zones. Because I guess what I want to stress is that although some of these holes are deep, you know, in a lot of cases, we've got good mineralization actually from, you know, fairly close to the surface. So, you know, we're drilling deep because the mineralization goes deep, not necessarily because it, it starts deep. And uh, in your presentation, you talk about kind of defining 200 million tons or more than 200 million tons at 0.8% uh, copper equivalent. What are you trying to do this year? Are you just trying to kind of keep opening up the envelope of mineralization or are you going to be trying to wrap around a, a resource a, to do an update on, from the 2019 resource to, yeah. to, I mean, to present to the market? Yeah, that sort of depends on results. So the, the, the roughly 200 million tons, that's that's what we have now. That's kind of within that current, you know, that's a that's the higher cutoff grade material within the a couple of billion oh, okay. resource. So I guess what we're going to be doing is, or what we're hoping to be doing is to significantly add to that, you know, whether or not we get to actually defining resources in that Phoenix zone and Alicanto zone will sort of depend on how the drilling goes. But that's, that's certainly our objective. Our objective is to do enough drilling in those two areas, um, you know, to fully define extent, geometry, and and hopefully be able to put some numbers around them. But, um, you know, that'll depend on, well, it'll, it'll, it'll partly depend on how, you know, how quickly we close things off. Like right, right now, things are wide open. Um, so it sort of depends on, on, on how the drilling goes in those two areas. But the, the end goal is to significantly build on that 200 million tons that we currently have. And uh, you've just raised $30 million, uh, mm. Canadian. You're going to just eff effectively keep drilling while you can. I mean, um, you know, value through the drill bit exploration. Do you, do you think you're going to get uh, that the plan is to get rewarded by that in the market? Yeah, certainly. I mean, I think if you look at our share price performance over the last year, you know, it's definitely driven by drill results. Now, you know, we know that the the current market is, is different than it was, uh, you know, six to eight months ago, but we still feel that uh, good drill results are, are are going to be rewarded, and I think that's just driven by the the lack of a lot of exploration stories out there. Um, so yeah, we're certainly expecting and hoping that, um, that our share price is driven by 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 what we expect or and we hope are going to be uh, good drill results out of Los Alados. And then, you know, as we as as we as the year goes on and we and we drill some of our um, some of our earlier stage exploration targets like Potro Cliffs, you know, that's going to be another set of drill results that, um, you know, are going to drive our stock. I, I, for the, the most recent capital raise, you mm. 30 million um, raised 12 million from existing um, shareholders. So 18 million from, from new. Is that, um, yeah. you know, is, is that institutions coming in and taking a look at you, you know? Uh, yeah, that was a, yeah, no, it's a good, good, good question. Um, you know, and it, it was a, Actually, that that raise was uh, was really interesting. So, you know, the Lundin family trusts hold around thirty six percent of NGX. So they came in and they participated. Um, but we also brought in, you know, a significant number of of new investors, and that included a a really good mix. So we targeted some institutional money, like especially institutions that are able to to put money into, um, you know, I guess for them smaller cap companies like like NGX, and that was a mix of Canadian. Um, European and uh, and London-based uh, institutional funds. You know, we've always had a strong following from sort of family office type money out of yeah. Sweden, Switzerland that puts money into a lot of London companies. And then we had a significant um, amount of money come in from kind of high net worth and um, retail investors in in both Canada uh, and Sweden. So it was a it was a good mix of institutional retail. Mm -hmm. 
and then kind of long-term sticky uh, family office type money, which includes the, the lending family trusts. So we're really happy with how that raise went. We're really happy with some of the new shareholders we were able to attract and the existing shareholders that we were able to keep. I think it was, uh, it was very successful. I mean, we started out to raise 20 million bucks, uh, but there was a you know, a lot of demand and we ended up upsizing to 30. When was the previous uh, capital raise to this one? And at what point was, was that? Uh, it was almost a, exactly a year ago. And that was uh, $20 million at 80 cents. You know, so I think with the share price performance over the last okay. year, despite the tough markets, we made, you know, we made people a, a significant amount of money over the last year. And people liked how we invested that money and the, the value that we were able to generate from it. And that's why we got a lot of support for this raise. Um, and of course, uh, Los Helados is in Chile. Potro Cliffs is in Argentina, as yeah. is um, Valle Ancho. Uh, can just, there's been so much change in Chile at the moment. There's been so much yeah. uncertainty. There have been environmental permits which have not been granted for a couple of high-profile projects. Drilling permits not been awarded. Um, it's not just been resources it's been you know the the, the new uh, environmental uh, minister has refused quite a lot of other general uh, applications can you you know uh, the constitution was knocked back the draft the new draft constitution was knocked back so this can you just kind of comment a little bit please on chile and how your uh, how those conversations are going regarding permitting and uh, the like yeah i mean for us that you know we i mean as an exploration project i guess there have been fewer permitting challenges than you know than what some of the more advanced projects and new mines have faced um but i would say you know over the 15 years that that ngx has worked in chile you know the permitting environment has definitely gotten um i guess stricter um you know, maybe a little bit, I mean, it's, it's, it's gotten more involved, I guess, is maybe the, maybe the right way. So, um, I mean, you know, we've, we've always ended up getting the permits, but the process and the, you know, the wait times have definitely gotten over, uh, longer over time. Um, you know, we, we haven't had problems to date, you know, we try to do everything right. Um, it has gotten more challenging, but I think in the grand scheme of things, Chile is still, you know, an excellent jurisdiction to work in, it is where 25% of the world's copper is produced. It's got 40% of the world's resources. It's a mining country. Um, you know, I think kind of environmental standards are at, um, you know, the rest of Western world levels. Uh, you know, I, the permitting is still faster than a lot of jurisdictions, but, you know, maybe not what it was 10 years ago. But And uh, uh, did, did, the, um, did the royalty regime change this year for... The scale of um, operation that uh, yeah, Los Alados is likely to it be. It did. I mean, Los Alados is a big deposit, so it would be under that. Um, you know, it would exceed the the limit that the new tax regime. Has, uh, but I, I, I guess one thing I'd like to point out about that new tax regime is that, you know, in the end, all it did was bring Chile up to a, an effective tax rate that is um, similar to what's charged in the US or Australia or Canada, it's, um, you know, the Chilean effective tax rate was significantly lower than that. And what the recent changes do is, you know, I think in a fairly investor friendly way, um, bring the effective tax rate for the Chilean government up to similar levels of, uh, you know, other mining countries. So you I, know, I, I don't feel like there's been anything excessive done there. It just levels Chile up with other major mining jurisdictions. I had heard that uh, 
the Chilean Mining Authority looked quite closely at the tax uh, regimes in other South American countries. But what yeah. you've effectively said is that they've they've cast that view wider and they've looked globally. Yeah, they wanted to make sure that Chile remained a, a competitive jurisdiction. And I think they've successfully done that. And corporate interest. I mean, um, I, I know it's slightly different for you guys because you've got that kind of that skew to, to London mining. But, um, you know, where that dialogue is uh, so dynamic and so... Um, natural uh do you have approaches do you spend a lot of your time speaking to uh other members of industry i mean is that is that part of your kind of outreach role as as ceo and president yeah yeah for sure and and you know that's part of the i guess the lending group's business model is uh you know we're always you know we're always open to agreements partnerships uh whatever so that's a that's a big part of my role and and there has been a lot of third-party interest in the overall Vicuña district, which includes Jose Maria, Filo, and Los Alados. And, you know, we've got Japanese partners at Los Alados um, who own and operate the Casarones mine, which is 15 kilometers to the to the north of Los Alados. We've had BHP express a significant interest in the overall district through the stake that they took in Filo. Uh, and I think, you know, in particular, that, that BHP... Um, investment in Philo, I think, brought a lot of eyes, not just to Philo, but to the overall district. So yeah, for sure, there's been a, a lot more major company interest, uh, you know, in, in in the whole district. I was speaking to uh, speaking to one of the BHP geologists recently, uh, he told me that the uh, BHP target is to be uh, uh, for assets which are capable of producing over half a million tons, was it 600,000 tons of copper on an annual basis? Yeah. Yeah, so you know that's definitely the potential that they've seen and in, in that overall district. I mean, they, you know, they've they've made the investment in Philo, but they're clearly, you know, I mean, they're obviously aware of the um, the other deposits in the district. And and that third party interest is it at all affected by Chile or Argentina? You know, what, what's is is there a kind of a preference for jurisdiction, or are they more technically led? Um, I mean, the you know all of the you know the the I guess the, the differences between the countries, I mean, that definitely affects different people. Um, you know, some people have focused on a lot of the the, the uncertainty in Chile. Uh, I think a lot of that has been resolved. I mean, like you said earlier, the you know, there was a lot of concern about the constitution that was pretty resoundingly voted down in a, in a referendum. Um, the tax regime has been kind of settled now. I think a lot of that uncertainty on the Chilean side has been, has been, um, reduced you know argentina is you know while you know we've got over 30 years as the lending group working in argentina we've never had um you know any any problem working there we've got good relationships we see argentina as a you know as a as a positive place to work with a with a lot of potential um you know other people are maybe a little bit more headline driven are not as familiar with the country as we are and so they have more concerns but i think as they get to know what we've done in Argentina, what we've been able to do, um, I think we're able to to reduce some of those those concerns that people have. I think, you know, both jurisdictions, they're different, um, but there's uh, a lot of potential to productively work in, in both of them. You know, we don't, we actually don't, you know, it's kind of, um, it's kind of six of one, half dozen of the other. We, we don't see a a huge difference between working in Chile and Argentina. We kind of like both. Your your Argentinian assets are all within the San Juan province, aren't they? I mean, it, it, that, that's kind of almost like a kind of a, a country within a country in terms of its tax regime and its approach to natural resources. Yeah, I mean, I think that's important to remember is that Argentina is a is a federal country. 
the provinces control the natural resources. Uh, they're also the primary permitting agency when you're when you're out to uh, to get your environmental permits. And San Juan um, is the major mining province in Argentina, and and um, you know has been an excellent place to work. Um, you know, not just for us, but for other companies. And you but can get your money out. Actually, sorry. You can get your money out of Argentina. You can extract dollars. That's one of the that's one of the key things that's being negotiated by all mining companies. So that's part of the um, it's part of the fiscal stability discussions that that uh, Lending Mining is having at Jose Maria. Um, that is, you know, in the past that has been one of the the recent past that's been one of the issues in Argentina. Um, but I think you know that's that's something that's that's going to be resolved. If it if it hasn't already, I'm not I'm not. I'm familiar with the, or I'm not sure of the exact details, but I believe, uh, you know, part of the fiscal stability negotiations for any major mining investment are, are I believe, are going to involve or are going to need you to be able to um, take dollars out to pay back. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, that's that, that's crucial, isn't that, it? That, that, that'll happen. I mean, as as projects get developed, obviously, people are going to need to be able to get money out to, to pay back debt. Uh, and in just just kind of stepping back to the kind of the at the project level, what you're going to be doing this uh, over the next 12 months or so. Um, can Have you divvied up a drill program in rough meters between uh, Los Helados, um, yeah. uh, Potro Cliffs and Valle Ancho? Have you, have you got kind of rough budget? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, all of our drill programs are always a little bit open ended because they're, you know, they're they're definitely results driven. But and uh, not in general terms, we're planning around fifteen thousand meters of drilling at Los Salados. I think that may actually be reduced a bit by the use of directional drilling. Um, yeah. You know, I think we'll get kind of more bang for the for the same buck at Los Salados. But you know, roughly fifteen thousand meters worth of drilling. Um, yeah. You know, by or sorry, um, Potro Cliffs. I mean, we should talk about that target because that's probably one of the most exciting drill targets I've seen in a long time. Um, you know, that that'll be one. But that's one of those very much results driven programs. So we'll be putting the first couple of drill holes into that. And then, you know, as, if we have success that we expect to have, then we'll we'll build out that that program. But it'll be it'll be kind of hole by hole and we'll drill as much as we can at Potro Cliffs. Valle Ancho, um, that's a project uh, located further to the north here. That's actually in Catamarca province. Um, we drilled that with our own money early earlier this year. Uh, we're likely to, to look for a partner for that project. So I think Valle Ancho will get drilled, but it'll get drilled with um, partner money. At least that's what we're anticipating. Yeah, okay. Um, well, let's go back to Potro Cliffs then. Um, we, we uh, in Ecuador, we're using um, some of this green rock vectoring where, yeah. where, where we're analyzing the kind of the trace element stuff. Um, are you are you confident that you've got so much knowledge from Filo just to the south of um, um, Potro Cliffs and um, uh, Los Helados just to the north that you can go in on alteration and this uh, the yeah. geophysics? Yeah, yeah. We basically, I think, what, you know, we've developed a lot of really good vectoring techniques from our work at Philo. Philo is only, the heart of Philo is only seven kilometers to the south of Potro Cliff. So, you know, the, the same geophysical and geochemical and alteration vectors that work very well at Philo, we think are going to apply uh, or we're confident are going to apply to the, the Potro Cliff system as well, because the Potro Cliffs system is basically, um, you know, it's a, it's exactly the same. It's a twin to what we see at Philo. It's exactly the same rocks at surface. 
It's exactly kind of the same level of the system. The surface geochemistry is very similar. Uh, there's one historic shallow RC drill hole into the top of the Petrocliff system that drilled about 100 meters of 0.45 gold. Um, that's exactly the same as a random hole at the top of the Philo system would have hit. So, um, you know, the geophysical signature, we haven't done a lot of geophysics at Potro Cliffs yet, but we're going to use the same resistivity type techniques that worked really well at Philo. We're going to uh, yeah. we're going to do those at Potro Cliffs as well. So, yeah, I think we've got the um, pretty good targeting model that should help us there. So uh, what's the timing for the geophysics and then the interpretation or the interpretation and then the, 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 the drilling? Yeah, the, the geophysics is going to start in the next couple of weeks. Uh, you know, so sort of between now and the end of the year, we, you know, and and probably the the technique that I'm most interested in seeing is uh, natural source MT, which is a resistivity type technique that's been really effective um, at Philo. So we'll we'll be doing that and um, traditional IP, uh, like I say, bef- between now and the end of the year. So that'll, so that'll you- allow us that'll allow us to use that data for. Um, kind of finer targeting in that Petroclus target. And uh, drilling Q2 or possibly into Q1? Um, we're hoping Q1. So we're, um, you know, that's, I mean, we could probably drill tomorrow. Um, we've, uh, we're just in, hopefully in the final phases of the permitting process uh, for drilling Petroclus. So basically, I think we'd be, you know, we've we've got enough done enough vectoring that we'd be able to start drilling once we have those drill permits in hand. So, you know, hopefully we have those before the end of the year. Um, and then we'd be drilling, you know, definitely by the new year, first Q1. Uh, I've, I've been in the sector for 30 years and um, so much is uh, is dominated by the macro and by the cycle of, sure. of where, where we are. Um, it's only occasionally you can get an exploration story that cuts through uh, the, that overlying trend. We all hope that the copper price responds well over time. And I think if, any, if you ask anybody about a copper price forecast for the year 2025 or 2026, it's going to be quite a significantly uh, higher estimate than it is today. Um, but do, am I right in saying that you're you're really just taking the kind of the value through the drill approach to exploration for the next 12 months and almost to hell with the macro, you're going to, you're, going to, you're targeting the good yes. rocks? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the macro, you know, what you've got to, you got to focus on the things that you can control. And that's the, you know, that's the, that's the quality of the exploration programs that you're able to put together and the, you know, and ultimately the quality of the results that you put together. And that's all you can control. And I think over the last 15 years, that approach is, is what's generated the value that we've been able to generate. It's, it's trying, you know, we're fortunate as a, as a member of the Lundin group to be able to finance even in difficult times. And that is the key to, to creating value in the, in the resource industry. I mean, this is the ultimate, you know, you've got to invest when no one else is investing. That's what Lucas Lundin, that's what Adolf Lundin did. That's how they made their money. You've got to invest in the low part of the cycle so you benefit from the high part of the cycle. So we have no problem, um, you know, ignoring kind of short-term market trends. You know, in fact, that's exactly when you want to be investing. Uh, and then your project is ready. You've got the results, uh, you know, when that macro environment uh, changes. And just to add to what you said, I mean, we have a lot of confidence that the long-term story for copper is um, is is super, super exciting. And, you know, for any investor that can look through um, the next 12, 
to 18 months, however long that that ends up being, is going to be rewarded for um, doing what we do, you know, and invest when prices are low so that you benefit um, when prices are high. You know, you can't wait um, for 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 those high prices and and then start scrambling to, to to catch up. You've got to invest now, and that's what we're doing. I, I agree with all of that. Although your your um, most recent capital raise isn't actually that much of a kind of a contrarian thing because the the previous one was at a much lower price, and so in a sense, you're it's just just plugging away, just plugging yeah. away with, with, no, with the drill bit. Yeah, that's. That's true. Yeah. And, and, you know, that, that is the key to successful exploration. You need to be, you need to be steady. You know, it's, um, I mean, I think we're fortunate that we don't, we're not as subject to the feast or famine um, trends that a lot of our peers, uh, you know, they're kind of, they can raise money when everyone else can, um, you know, we're able to even that out and be steady. And it's that, it's that steady consistency that, that delivers results. You know, if you're, if you're, super episodic and it's you know a little bit one year and then a lot the next year it just yeah it it doesn't work as well as steady investment you know and that's where the the vision of the lundine family and the familiar familiarity of them with the resource industry really helps you know they they fully understand yeah. all of that and they, they back us to to do that kind of exploration work Wojciech, thank you so much it's been uh, great speaking to you um if, if you could just give me two things you're kind of really excited to be seeing out of the news flow over the next i don't know six to nine months um presumably it'd be one drill hole from um, potro cliffs and um timing on that you know and uh drill results from los Elados, but that's yeah, what I, I think yeah no i think that's a that's an that's an excellent summary i think in the you know in the medium term by which i mean you know the next six to nine months ngx share price is going to be driven by um you know what we hope are going to be really good results from drilling out those satellite high-grade zones at los Elados. uh and then you know the the real lottery ticket in our story i think is uh drill results from the potra cliffs target i mean this is the largest undrilled um, mineralized system in the Vicuña district. This would be an exciting target anywhere, but the fact that it sits, you know, midway between three multi-billion ton deposits, um, you know, I think lends it, um, you know, just sort of even more potential. So I'm super excited about that one. I mean, it's exploration. You don't know what you're going to get, but I think, um, you know, if we were successful and we were able to hit on that target, if it turns out to be what we think it might be, um, you know, that'll be a, a potentially a really significant driver for for our shares. You never know with exploration. You never, you never know, know. what you're going to get. Nope, that's what that's what that's what makes it exciting. I mean, I guess the thing is, you know, we're we're pretty good at this. We've been, you know, we know that region really well. We've been very successful explorers. So, you know, let's hope uh, let's hope we can build on that. Great. Thank you very much. I look forward to keeping an eye out on the on the news flow. Great. Thanks a lot.